Hey, this is Heather. Hey, this is Liz. And this week we have our new series, Does It Hold Up? And we're going to look at Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead. Let's dive in and hit that music. Decided to get together and talk about some of the movies that we remember kind of growing up and just revisit them for a series we like to call Does It Hold Up? Yeah, this is a fun one. Uh, you picked a movie for us this week that I have not honestly watched in decades. <laughs> Seriously, yeah. it's been a while. Uh, so I was actually really, really excited to uh, to do that. Yeah. And what I love about this one is it had fashion involved. And when you involve fashion, it usually does not hold up. <laughs> that is true. And I am excited to talk about that. Also, because the guys at Cult 45 make fun of us constantly for talking about fashion whenever we're on shows with them. And we never, <laughs> ever talk about it otherwise. So <laughs> I know. All right. Well, this time we have our opportunity. Yes. So why don't you tell them what, what movie you picked this time? All right. So we picked... Don't tell mom the babysitter's dead. Yeah, this is a this is a classic early 90s type of movie, right? Yeah. I was pretty young when it came out and I was thinking that it was just the coolest movie. Yeah, I think I was probably a freshman in high school, so this was kind of like right on the right on the edge of where I was and what I was going through. Like, you know, Swell in this movie is a senior or she's just graduated, the brothers, I don't know, pothead gene, you know, junior yeah. or whatever about to be a senior. And so, it, you know, you're right. I was kind of right in that in that time frame. And Christina Applegate at the time was everything, right? Don't uh, so married with children was huge, and everybody loved her. And she was in all the magazines. And so, to have her in this this movie was kind of fun. So I enjoyed that. Yeah, I really did too. The first thing, though, I would like to say, and I don't know if I recognized it when I was younger, is the mom is not a very good mom. No, she's totally shit. That's the first thing I wrote down, too. <laughs> yeah, because first of all, the house looks like shit. And I know that it's ridiculous to blame the mother for it. But like the kids have trashed the house. It's very evident the kids have done this. Right. And clearly there's no repercussions at all. Yeah, this is such a permissive household that you're like, uh, what? But not only just that the house is trash, the mom is leaving. So if you don't know the premise of this movie, the mom is going away to Australia for two months. They've got five kids at home and they think they're going to have a full summer without mom and it's going to be amazing. Well, turns out at the last minute, mom hires this 700-year-old babysitter to show up. But the whole premise of the movie is that mom is taking off, going to Australia for two months, and really has had no conversation, no expectation that they were going to be other than wild heathens the whole time. She, you know, she didn't set them up for anything. They're, these these children clearly are not behaved well enough for their one single parent to leave the fucking country for two months at a time. I think that's just called abandonment. I know. It seemed really ridiculous. I mean, obviously, the mother doesn't have a job. She didn't even go to the grocery store. So I don't know what she does. I don't so know. obviously, she does not... She does not cook nor clean. Well, she's got a boyfriend. That's who's paying for the trip to Australia. They did yeah. mention that. So, 
We never got to meet said boyfriend. Well, he didn't matter. Mom didn't matter. She's got like 10 lines in the movie. Yeah, she was barely in the movie. But yeah, I thought it was weird that she was like, you know what? I'm going to hire a babysitter instead of talking to my kids. Mm -hmm. And one she's clearly never met before. Like the lady just shows up. Like she just called a service or something and they send Grandma Moses over and she is old And as soon as mom leaves, she turns into a total tyrant. She's a bitch. She tries to take the tomboy girl and put her in a dress and a big floppy hair bow. And Okay, so that that doesn't hold up. I don't think parents could today, even if you had an 18-year-old that just graduated high school, could just go and just call a service to have a complete stranger come and stay at your house for two months. No, you'd have to call somebody for that. I mean, that's that's like, I need to turn over custody of my children to someone legally for that period of time. That's not a babysitting situation. Yeah, so I don't think that longer holds up, but I think I found it implausible in the 90s as well. Yeah, I don't think that was ever a thing. That was just like, you know, because it seemed like these type of movies are very much kids are in control, parents are you know, totally out of touch. And that seemed to be kind of a common trope back in the day, back in the late 80s and early 90s. And again, we did have a lot more latchkey children then than we what we would consider to be that now. Now everybody's like, oh my God, your six-year-old can't be home alone. Like we all did it, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're still alive. You know not to burn down the house. We made our kids smarter. I don't know. But but it seemed to be a very common kind of theme at that time, much more that the kids were much more independent and didn't need mom and clearly didn't need boundaries or cleaning schedules. That never would have flown in my house. Our house would have I never know. looked like that. My mother would have set the place on fire first. Yeah. That was a very permissive mom to then all of a sudden go, I think I need to have a parent in the house. Right. Let's make sure she's 103 and someone my children have never, ever met. Yeah. Because nothing instills trust and security like a total fucking stranger. She she could have just hired a hobo off the street. Probably would have lasted longer. It, it may have been. We don't know. Actually, she well, could have been. That was a pretty nice car she had. She did. She had a pretty sweet ride. I like that. All right. So that doesn't hold up. Is there anything that before she goes to find work that you feel was maybe... <laughs> well, my whole situation okay so if you're not familiar with the premise of the movie again mom goes to australia babysitters there for like 12 hours and then she just dies but it's been like 10 minutes since the younger daughter got sent out of the room with a hair bow but i guess going into the brother pothead brother's room and seeing all his nudie posters on the wall just threw her over the edge and she had a heart attack and died but i would think that even in the early 90s if my babysitter died Regardless of how much I didn't want my mom to come home, I don't think I would have stuffed her in a trunk and dropped her off at the doorstep of a funeral home. I know. And that that whole concept like, oh, my God, it will ruin our summer if mom comes home was kind of a premise that really, it really was shady and very, very sketchy. So I I don't think I would be making decisions like that at 18, like Christina Applegate did. Actually, she was 17, but. Yeah, but I would have called somebody. I mean, again, that's not that's not the first thing that comes to mind is, holy shit, if mom comes home, I'll have this totally ruined summer. Be like, oh, good. If mom comes home, I don't have to watch these fucking kids and I don't have to get a job because the old lady died and took all the money with her. So they dropped off the lady in a trunk at a mortuary and said, hey, there's a nice old lady inside. And absolutely no follow up from police. <laughs> Nothing. Or- the the the. Funeral home people don't think, maybe 
maybe we should call the police about this. Or they just believe the note that says nice old lady inside died of natural causes. They're like, meh, sure, okay. happens all the time. All right, wheel them in. <laughs> there had to have been a trail that could easily get right back to them. The fact that there was no police called, I don't think it held up. No. Maybe it's just I watched too much CSI. But you couldn't get away with that in the 90s nor now, I don't think. No, I don't think so. And again, if you're going to have the old lady die of natural causes, couldn't you just like prop her up on a park bench or some shit? Like, would you really stuff her in a trunk? Oh, my God. That's a great idea, Liz. (laughs) That's exactly what they should have done. Well, I watch a lot of CSI. (laughs) You You just put some bread out. Like she'd been feeding the ducks. Right. And be like, oh, she died doing what she loved. Oh, feeding the ducks. Isn't that sweet? Womp womp. <laughs> yeah. This movie does obviously have, you have to suspend belief a little bit. Yep. Suspension of disbelief. Yep. I think is what they say. I think we have to see this as a 17 year old who thinks that they are, in fact, uh, you know, invincible. And I think that when I saw this the first time, I was probably 14, 15 years old when it happened. So again, you're in that kind of mindset, that time frame of from the kid's point of view. Now, as a 40 plus person, I'm like, ugh, like <laughs> looking at the legal ramifications of mom leaving the country, the kid being undocumented and working. Like, I was like, how is she getting a paycheck without a social security number? You know what I mean? Like, I know. Yeah, you're right. I, as an adult, I'm looking at it like completely different. And then I keep thinking back, in the 90s, did you not need to show ID to get a paycheck? And I love the idea. You can cash employees' personal checks. How much money is in that petty cash box? It had to have been a ton. And nobody's looking at it at all. Like, I mean, she goes, what, a month, two months without anybody looking in for an expense report? Like, nothing. So weird. So let's talk about if it held, holds up about the job. So apparently she copied her resume Directly from a resume <laughs> example book, mm-hmm. which I do not did not know they even had. But oh, I know, did. It, yeah, oh, yeah, okay. no, no. And when I was in high school, I think we had to do that, and I probably had one just like that that had sample resumes in it, or you could get them from the library, that kind of thing. That is saying a lot about resume writing books because you're like my pro go to resume writer lady. Yeah, yeah. So obviously. They work. Well, that was before uh, (laughs) I I knew how to do resumes and worked in HR for years and years. Let's talk about the HR or the personnel department. Because that's what she keeps telling her. You have to go to personnel. I'm like, you are a motherfucker if you say it that way. Yeah. (laughs) I don't care what company you work for. Your receptionist can't act like that. Right. And even even if you're it's the 90s and people still smoke in the office and whatever this ridiculousness is, because I think that pretty much did happen back then. Uh, you still had I'm pretty sure they still had to at least get your identification like you had to go through a process. You didn't just walk in the door and some lady says, hey, lady off the street, you're totally hired. Like I looked at your resume. I have checked no sources whatsoever, but you are perfect. Like. What? I know. I've worked in HR for years. That's not a thing. That's not a thing. I just don't think that you could get away with that in the 90s. I don't think you'd get away with that ever. (laughs) Yeah, just, oh, yeah, we don't need to check. We don't need an interview. 
Not a thing. Yeah. So so she walks in for this job and she gets kind of assaulted by this receptionist that says, you need to be in personnel, you're a dipshit. And that's when she runs into her future boss who says, oh, hey, just come work for me because I hate her too. Right. Well, you know what? If you're ever in a right place at a right time, that was the way to do it. Exactly. And let's, let's talk about this company and the yeah. fact that they could, in fact, hire a 17-year-old girl who didn't know even how to use a fax machine, which honestly, the first time I walked into an office, I didn't either. Because how would you? You have to learn these things. It's not that intuitive, especially in 1991 when faxes are fairly new. Yeah, for our young listeners, a fax machine <laughs> um, is some kind of magic machine that sends a picture of your thing to another phone somewhere else and a picture pops out there. Nobody but knows it's not how an it iPhone. No, no. These are like old school phones and you have to sit there and wait for them and hear that they connected before you can feel comfortable walking away. And it takes a little while. Mm -hmm. And if you are over the age of 35, I'm pretty sure that sound, a fax machine and AOL connecting both ring in your head all the time. Yeah, they're very similar. Yeah. But but again, what kind of business is this? And I get it. It's industrial fashion. They make uniforms and boring. What kind of business doesn't realize that they have hired a 17-year-old who has zero capabilities and is taking over their fucking company and like making the new fall line. Like what? <laughs> well, so that was another thing that was highly unusual is that you walked into this like entranceway and it seems like this is a very fashion forward company. They're in LA, I assume. This is a big fashion company. She had all the language in there. And you know, everything kind of looks like that. And it turns out that they make uniforms and not even good looking uniforms just like the traditional crappy uniform right she's like no we're in the bowels of the fashion industry (laughs) that's a great way to put it (laughs) yeah i know and it's like so why are you guys pretending to be like this very uh fancy place that you are clearly not right is so it just the whole company deserved to be shut down, in my opinion. Yeah, it, <laughs> because they, they clearly, clearly made didn't some bad know. Decisions. They didn't know and what the fuck they're doing. They're hiring the worst sexual harassers on the face of the planet you've ever seen. Yep. So, I did like their head designer, who was just this sweet old man who was oh, like, he was you know, cute. Yeah, he's an older man, very sweet, very uh, in touch with the people. But it was like he was more like a warehouse manager than he was a designer. So that's the type of company this was. But you wouldn't get that impression initially. Mm-mm. I'll tell you, though, Christina Applegate has some very good fashion sense. And it was apparent that her mother did, too, when she got dressed up to go to the airport. She was like, <laughs> hey, I'm fashionable. I'm going to sit on a 15-hour flight in a, a full-on polyester suit. suit with yeah, big the world's old shoulder biggest pads. shoulder pads. Yeah. <laughs> tight, tight in the waist, hot pink, of course. I'm pretty sure that's how people dressed on planes back in the day. You just dressed up. And and for some reason, that was like the look of women's business fashion, right? So you get in mind that she's probably does have some sort of a job where she has to be this fashionable person. But at home, she's just clearly, you know, a lackadaisical parent, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So the 1980s fashions were very severe and uh, 
for women. Men kind of were the same. They just had bigger shoulder pads. Uh, it was double-breasted. A lot of double-breasted stuff. A lot of double-breasted. And oversized, too. Like, real yeah. skinny men wearing suits, like, t- three times their size for some reason. They hung yeah. very weirdly. If you go back and you watch, like, the old MC Hammer video, mm-hmm. and it looks ridiculous now... People yeah. actually aspired to wear that shit all the time. Like if you remember the Cavarici jeans, like those things were, you know, they were real like a reverse ice cream cone. Like they tapered in at the waist and then got real big and flary at the hips and then tapered down again. I don't know. They were just very strange, like triangle clothes. I don't even know. Yeah. This was not a good time to be in fashion. I'll tell you, it was the end of my favorite period of the 80s, which is units. I loved units. Oh, oh my god! Tell tell the listeners what units are. So units. Now we had we had the one store in the mall. It was a whole store, and it was all about. It's basically modular clothing, right? So you <laughs> had a shirt, and you had pants, and you maybe had a skirt, and then they had these like belts, but they're not mm-hmm. a real belt. It was like just a. A circle of fabric, like an inner tube of fabric, yeah, if you would. it was would. all knit cotton. So think yeah, of that Yeah, and it was material. stretchy. And so it would go over and you would just mix and match the tops and the belts and the pants. Now, I only ever had one set because that's as trendy as my parents ever got <laughs> with these kind of clothes. They were like, you can have one top, one pair of pants, and one belt. And that was it. So there was not a lot of mixing and matching going on in my world. But this was the dream, right? And I think we've talked about units in the past and I think oh. we've also decided that it may just now be LuLaRoe. I don't know. Yes. Very similar to LuLaRoe right now. Uh, so I had the best units outfit. It was a color block, purple and black. And this was not a dark purple. This was a lavender purple. Nice. And black. And the top half was, you know, purple on the left, black on the right. And the bottom uh-huh. half was Reversed. the opposite. Yeah. Yes. That was so late 80s, early 90s. Yes. And then I had... um I had the belt, which was a gray belt, because you know what? God forbid you do the purple or the black. Mm -mm. But I think this was also the time of stirrup pants, where if you're not familiar with these folks, they're basically leggings, and they have a little stirrup on the bottom that held the pants down into your sock so that they would not, in fact, right up, which actually was pretty genius. They really hurt your feet, but... But they were a little bit genius. They went with everything. And then we wore these big, fluffy socks. And you sometimes you would see mm. people like layering four oh, or I five socks. Them. Yeah, I stacked the socks. I never can. I hate socks. So I had a problem with this. But it was like, you know, and they were also the ones that you like scrunch down and twisted yeah. a little bit. And, yeah. So if you're really young and you don't understand anything of I'm talking about, wait 25 minutes and it'll be back because I just caught my 11-year-old niece wearing mom jeans the other day. So apparently this bullshit's coming back. The mom jeans are just right in trend right now. And yeah, I'm like, uh, they're bad. It's like, you look like Barack Obama. Where's your mom jeans? Put them away. <laughs> I mean, I like I I like the look of them like with a cute little top but the way i remember mom jeans is with like a nice big men's t-shirt like tucked into them with a fanny pack or the crop top that just came to right above the top of the high-waisted jeans but then was like longer in the back for some reason Mm -hmm. like your shirt had a mullet is what that looked like i had overalls i had a lot of overalls yep yeah. And then and then if you were particularly cool, you would let one side hang one down. One side hang down. Yeah. You can't 
fashion up both sides of overalls. There's no way. I had overall shorts that I wore all the way into college. I mean, seriously, overalls were the thing. And I blame DJ Tanner for that. Yeah. I had the shorts. I had the pants. I had them all. Mm-hmm. I think at one point I may have had a skirt set. I had the skirt too. I was just thinking that. It was so weird. <laughs> Why? Why? And then the big oversized sweater with the stretch pants, like with the um, with oh, the yeah. stirrup and then, pants. And mm-hmm. then when your dad was out of the room, you would let it hang off of the shoulder. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, Maddie does that now. I see it. And I'm like, I'm now the adult going over and shifting it back on the shoulders. I'm like, ugh. <laughs> Oh, my God. Yeah. These were great designs. But back to GSW. So they made really boring uniforms. That's the name of the company is GSW? Uh, no, GAW is General Apparel West. That's what it was. Uh, okay. So GAW, apparently they must be run out of New York. They have terrible, terrible ideas. And since they're a uniform design company, this woman is trying to force, and I love that she brings Swell in on this, she's trying to force the school district to switch them, their kids to uniforms. Because again, when you make uniforms, that sounds like a great idea. But she's using these instances of like kids beating each other up at school over fashion, which happens and was a thing for sure. And so she's trying to use this as a talking point. And so Ellen's like, um, I don't, you know, again, having been out of school for eight minutes, she's like, I don't think that's what kids want. They want to be able to express themselves and blah, blah, blah. And she, oh, no, this is totally the way it's going to be. So apparently the kids in the school district find out about this and just have like a riot and burn the principal in effigy and like all this other crazy shit. They're like, we're going out of business. I'm like, listen, lady, if one account you didn't even have yet is putting you out of business, your business was shit to begin with. Yes. And uh, so so then it comes down to they're all going to lose their jobs. And Sue Ellen is stressed out because she has since stolen all of the money out of petty cash, assuming that she would be able to repay it with her paycheck, except yeah. half of her paycheck went to taxes and she didn't make enough to replace what she took. Now, her siblings have also been stealing blindly from her. How she realizes that three grand has gone missing from her purse without ever noticing is beyond me. But so they have now uh, <laughs> they bought a home entertainment center and a skateboard and threw one kid off the roof, you know, the whole nine yards, just all sorts of crazy shit is happening. So she freaks out because the company is going to go under, she's going to lose her job and probably go to jail for, you know, she probably wouldn't go to jail for three grand, but you know, some sort of embezzlement or larceny type charge. Yeah. So she, by the way, her siblings do not give a shit about no. the fact they stole from a corporation. No, no. They're like, they, they don't even care they stole from her. They're like, it's not even yours. You totally took it. It's fine. But it is funny to watch uh, as the movie progresses how she goes from the hateful, selfish child to much more of a parent role and seeing her siblings as the hateful, selfish children. Like, you can definitely see a progression in a very after school special kind of way. Yeah. And Pothead Paul even does that too. I don't know what his real name is. What is his name? Oh, Kenny. Okay, Pothead Kenny. So, yeah, he even grows a little bit. He starts to learn how to cook. He does. He does. He takes his pot uh, creations up a level, which is pretty great. Uh, I'm surprised he's not making the, the waffles with pot. Like, that would have been That's now expensive. what you would totally do. Uh, but anyway, so so they make Swell and go down to the bowels and tell Franklin, the designer, that he's going to be out of a job. Why is that her job? They've got a fucking personnel department. <laughs> As we've learned, 
She goes down there to break the news of a thing that hasn't even happened yet. So, hey, let me come and freak you the fuck out without any cause. Then she's wandering through, looking at the lines and lines of unicorn uniform things and just like starts building outfits. And it just and, and the only indication up to this point that we know that she likes fashion is because she drew over uh, an outfit in a magazine at the beginning with like stripes. Yeah, yeah. Other than the fact that she's very fashionable, and you yes. can kind of see that in her day-to-day, I don't know where she gets the clothes. They're her mom. She's totally stealing from her mom's closet. Yeah. that I figured they'd have to be, but her mom doesn't seem that fashionable, especially when we see her at the end. Yeah, but the, well, <laughs> we'll talk about the end. But anyway, so she, she just deans to put together an entire line of these new types of uniforms, like they're going to sell them to hotels or nurses or whatever. But in what world, in what world is anybody going to take a bellhop that looks like Janet fucking Jackson seriously? Like, this is not, this is not a thing. I no know. nurse is going to show up wearing a hot pink miniskirt uniform. Like, this is just not. I know. Like, I the, But they also mentioned that the uniforms were for teens. So I think that right. they might have like, like. How many teenagers like, are nurses? Like, and, so I. I think maybe she wanted to expand and that, like, this is what people should wear Yeah, outside. Like, they should dress like bellhops and shit, mm-hmm. is what I got, you know, yeah, just to, like, yeah. go to the club. That does not make a lot of sense to me. But again, it was, like, big tassels and shit. Like, I'm going to wear a lot of tassels on my shirt. Yes, I, I know. And then there was a lot of mustard uh, yellow tights but mm-hmm. and fuchsia tights. That was kind of unusual. But they also had another thing. With with this design that she had, she was describing the method, and all of them were like spray painted stripes on polyester, and I'm like, right. that doesn't sound like it's gonna hold up to a wash. No, exactly. I was like, I don't think airbrushing a crappy uniform is gonna make it a better uniform. Yeah, the lady's even telling the guy on the phone, she's like, well, yes, we've we've used lesser qualities because you know recession much. It's like, I know, all right. They really knew how to paint a picture of a failing company, so bravo. (laughs) There's that. And then I don't know how many lawsuits were waiting to happen in that company between Rose's boyfriend, Gus, who was a total fucking creeper, and Mm -hmm. hitting all over her and sending her tickets to the symphony and all this stuff right under his girlfriend's nose. Uh, (laughs) And then... The with the receptionist boyfriend, who's played by David Duchovny, with the world's biggest jacket on and the ugliest ratty little ponytail you've ever seen. I loved everything about David Duchovny. It was terrible. He was just like the essence. Like he's like he walked out of the wedding singer movie. What I what I loved about him though is the her very first interaction with him is him coming in and like trying to intimidate her and like hey I don't have all day and I need this information I need it now and she at seventeen just looks at him and is like um exactly who are you he's like I'm the guy who gets this report and hands it to somebody else and she's like well I am the executive assistant to the vice president of blah blah and when I get it done. I will let you know, and you can scamper on up here and pick it up. And I love that because it was such the opposite of what would actually happen to a 17-year-old girl in that situation. And I like that because it really put him in his place, which he needed to. I did love his hair. He was like all slicked back. (laughs) So Slicked back mullet with a rat tail. Oh, it was awesome. It was so David Duchovny. Yeah, really was. You know perfectly well that he did not have to change too much about his personal exp- appearance at the time. 
to nope. play that role. Okay, so there's a line um, after Rose and Gus come back from Santa Barbara, where she, you know, and and Rose is completely an inappropriate boss because she is telling all of this really inappropriate sexual kind of stuff to her assistant at work who is 17, but she doesn't know that. But even that, it's still just inappropriate all the way around. She's just Especially talking to her like she's a girlfriend. when you've only known them for a day or like... Yeah, she hasn't been yeah. there very long at all. And so she, Rose says to her, she goes, have you ever had a 48-hour orgasm? And Swell goes, no, I've never been to Santa Barbara. That's <laughs> an awesome line. That is line. a great line. Because I and think at that point, she probably didn't even really fully get what the lady was talking about. Because, I mean, maybe, but yeah. I think it was yeah. a more innocent time. So I don't know. I it was just so very too. funny. There's so much in that job that doesn't hold up, at least to 2019 standards. No. It may have held up perfectly fine, especially with the Gus and, hey, we're going to go to lunch. And he, and she's like, are you saying you want to have sex? And he's like, wait, no, haha, I'm kidding. Unless you're into it. And then I'm totally not kidding. And that was su- that is still that such is. the way that men do this kind of bullshit. They're like, oh, I was kidding. If they can't take a joke. I don't know what to, I don't know what these women do. They can't take a joke. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they they gaslight everybody into thinking that, oh, I wasn't trying to be inappropriate. We were joking around. I'm Unless like, yeah. you want it. And then I'm totally serious. Like, exactly. it's just so creepy. And you're just seeing this going, God, how have women put up with this for so many years? Yeah. But we're still putting up with it. It still happens all the time. Yeah. but And it's, then it's always your word against theirs. And it's somehow your your business to prove that he did versus other people assuming he did until you find out he didn't like it's it's a very strange burden of proof that's very different from you know anything else that we have going on so i don't know yeah i agree i hopefully it's not as blatant anymore but it's still there i think now they're just more manipulative about it to be honest the people that try to do this because again none of this is about sex or attraction or relationship it's always about power yeah it's always about making yourself feel bigger than somebody else at their expense and that's and now i just think it's much more of a more it's more of a manipulative thing gus is a piece of shit so let's talk about her boyfriend brian for a minute yeah i like brian i like brian for a little bit brian works at clown dog which is where she worked for eight minutes before she got sick of it and quit and went to get a lying high pay, a high paid job in a fashion industry uh, bowel. So she meets Brian and Brian's very cute and he's very sweet. He asks her on a date. It's very romantic. It's very fresh and, you know, very 17 and just adorable until she gets this job and he's like trying to invite her out to places. But she's realized that he is the brother of the shitty receptionist at her job. Yeah. And clearly she doesn't want him to know where she works because she doesn't want anyone to find out that she's only 17 and completely defrauding everyone. And so he's like, why won't you tell me where you work? She's like, why won't you just drop it? Like, what is it? What does it fucking matter? Like, what if I want to send you flowers? Send them to the house. Then he starts being like really emotionally manipulative in this particular fight. And it was just very much like, well, if you love me, you would tell me. And it's like, mm, if you love me, you'd leave me the fuck alone. Like, what, what are you saying? And so that was the part that was a turn for me with him. I didn't really like him that much after that. I know. I Like, I'm sorry. There's this line as a woman, you can either decide to lie, which would be appropriate in this instance, or you can decide to get defensive and say you're not going to lie, but you're going to evade the truth. Mm-hmm. At this point, just lie. Everybody to understand. <laughs> and you wouldn't have to deal with all of this shit because like men can't handle not knowing everything about everything. Unless you want to talk about your period, then they want to back the fuck away. Most of them. Yes. Oh, I hope most of them. 
Like, <laughs> who are the who are the exceptions to that? <laughs> I, I've got a story I can tell you later. It's very okay. weird. Don't, I don't know if I want to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very short story, but anyway. Um, but no, I yeah, I just. I don't know. It was, I could see it from both angles, right? Like if you're dating somebody and they're just being evasive like that and they're not going to tell you anything, then yeah, I could see being upset or whatever. But I think, I don't know, the way he was doing it just seemed really kind of hurtful and just insane. So I don't know. It did seem excessive and he was putting a lot of pressure on a relationship that was less than two months old. It was like eight days. They've been on like three dates. I'm like, really? You think you get to know everything just because you came in your clown mobile and picked them up from the restaurant? Come on. I know, but like, that's how men are. You just kind of (sighs) fucking lie to them just to shut them the hell up. And does he just have that wiener mobile all the time? He's just driving around. Take it home. It's like 10 p.m. He's driving around with a clown dog car. Like, and it what? doesn't have to play music all the time. Why do you keep playing the music all the time? <laughs> I don't know. It's so creepy. I would not get into somebody's clown dog van for anything. I think he genuinely liked her. He didn't mm-hmm. uh, like her for anything that she wasn't, which is kind of where Gus was. He wanted to use, you know. Oh, he was just out. being gross. Yeah. And I think that he... Seemed like a nice down to earth guy. So I thought he was really worked well for her because he was kind of, you know, he wasn't edgy like she was. And right. he, she might have needed that. It so. did. It did seem like they were would have been mismatched, like had all of her friends still been around from Europe. My guess would be that he would not have gotten the time of day. Didn't seem like her. Yeah. Type. Um, yeah. I think that she would have rejected him immediately. Probably. But so, I don't know. So, however, she decides to save this company by creating a whole new fashion line because she's 17 and has eight minutes of experience. And so uh, now she's working late and she decides she's going to throw this party. And they're like, oh, just take the money out of petty cash. Again, how much money is in petty cash? It's ridiculous. I know. So, so she's going to do, oh, yeah, well, let's just have it at my house. And then I can write fake receipts for the things that I stole. And like, <laughs> But my question is like, I get it. They carve the ice step block themselves for the ice statue, but a big block of ice still costs money. Like they also painted the fucking house. You know how much money paint costs to to paint an entire house? Okay, so Right. The the does it does it hold up for the fashion show? And I say for obviously the cleanup of the house, I understand that it was a movie. And that there is always a montage of doing something like this. Mm -hmm. But it really does not hold up. Like nothing real could have come out of that with a bunch of pothead guys trying to design an ice sculpture (laughs) two days in advance in the sun. Mm -hmm. I know. I was like, where are they storing this in the meantime? It's ice. Yeah. And it was like, and I'm sorry, the house was trashed. It was trashed before they had So they have years and decades of trash that it they was were trying to clear. Type. It was awful. Yeah. They could not have cleaned that up in three days. They cleaned up the swimming pool and it just worked. I know. I was like, yeah. um, first of all, it would take at least three days with a hose to fill that fucking pool. But are you going to tell me that that pool, which was so gross, that they could drain it by themselves? Because you know pools are never actually empty. They're always full of gross water, standing yeah. rainwater. And then they're going to somehow pressure wash it, which I don't think people really owned pressure washers back in 1991. Yeah. And then they're going to refill it. And now it's sparkling. And they've built a stage runway to go across the pool. It was a little 
beyond even my suspension of disbelief. Like, this I is know. just not a thing. And then it also looked like they had like whole new furniture for the house. Like, because mom comes home, mom shows up, of course, as you do in the middle of this giant industry fashion show party at their house in the boonies. And she's just wandering through the house like, why is this so clean in here? Like, mm, look, all new furniture. I shouldn't be suspicious of that at all. And the fact that they've already established that all of Pothead Kenny's friends are potheads who do not like to work or do mm-hmm. anything. And they one wouldn't of even them give them a name, ride for free. And Yeah, one of them's name is Lizard. Yeah, like, I love that. The other was a Hellhound. I think that's what it was. And Kenny's nickname was Kenny the whole time. Yeah, he was just Kenny, the pothead. You know what, though? Okay, so Kenny, the ki- the actor who plays Kenny, was also the brother in Don't Tell Ma, or in uh, Adventures in Babysitting. I don't know if you I, caught you know, that. He looks so familiar, but I could never I, place I had him to any. look him up because I was like, I know I've seen him in another movie that was like right around that time frame. And that's what it was. So I'm like, so this guy's got a babysitting theme on his resume. And so now I think we need to watch Adventures in Babysitting because yeah. it's got this guy plus uh, a Thor link, which yeah, I think was pretty awesome. hysterical. So maybe that will have to be our next flashback. Maybe so. Or does it hold up? I'm does sorry. it hold up? I yeah. think we're going to have a lot of good movies in this in this uh, new segment here because, wow, some of these are just awful. But the fashions alone, I would say, don't hold up and 100% hold up because this bullshit's trying to come back. The bellhop outfits, I thought, were actually pretty cute. <laughs> <laughs> they were so Janet Jackson circa Rhythm Nation. Like, yeah. that is exactly what that looked like. So think... The big uh, jacket with the, like a crop jacket with big shoulder pads, a gold tassel and yeah. like empty belly, like bare, you know, like bare midriff kind of thing. That was so that era. I know it's like where it was inspired by 20 zoot suits, but then it was like slutty at the same time. It's yeah. like it's very hard <laughs> to make that mix. work. It really is. And I think I think fashion is so interesting because it is cyclical. And it seems like every 30 years, we have the same bullshit fashions come back around. So like I said, we're about right on time for that one. Yes. Well, they said, uh, what is it? You know how they like to tell people what they can wear and what they can't wear because of how old they are? Yep. You know, the they. Yeah. So the they generally says, if you're around for the first one, you can't wear it for the second. Bite me. <laughs> Actually, I think it's more if you were around for the first one, you realize how terrible it is and choose not to wear it for the second. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because there's a lot of stuff that in the 80s, like in the in the 90s here, the late 80s, I would have killed to be Christina Applegate in this movie. No, I don't. I would have worn everyone. Not that I ever would have owned any of it because I was not trendy and I was certainly not fashionable by any means. And I never would have put any of those outfits together as my high school yearbook can probably attest to my poor fashion choices. But I wanted to be. I wanted so bad to be that kind of girl. I just never was. So I'm yeah. still not. I don't know. I don't know. This oh. was a fun movie to rewatch. I'm not going to lie. Was. And I love mom just coming right home in the middle of this. And she, her fashion, she has stepped out of a stereotypical 80s Australian outback. She's got a weird safari hat on. She's got a long khaki skirt and a weird pink blouse. Like she is not looking trendy at all. She is looking very... crafted dialed on D. (laughs) Exactly. That's exactly what she looked like. And you know, that was like their nod to mom's back from Australia. And now she's dressed like crocodile dundee it was very funny but of course she goes out and she sees four thousand people business people sitting in her backyard 
they've got this fabulous pool set up. She's doing a fashion show. Her child is up there talking, being very eloquent. And she still chooses in the middle of this to pull the mom trope of you're in big trouble and like ruining your child's day and making them miserable. I'm like, wouldn't you just stand back a minute and go, huh? I mean, we're going to address this, but kind of impressive. Yeah. Or what the fuck is going on? I need to sit back and see how this plays out. Because I would have done think, that. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, clearly your child has been possessed by aliens and you really need <laughs> well, they, to know what's going on. You gotta well, evaluate I, I don't sitch. even know how she walked through the door and didn't just go, oh, I must have walked into the wrong house because my house is a f- fucking shithole and this house looks lovely. Yeah. Even though, like, you know, everybody that went to that party was like, it smells like pot in here. <laughs> right. <laughs> They're like, there's something in these hors d'oeuvres. I don't understand. You can't get rid of the pot smell that quickly. It doesn't no. go away with it- just a a, paint, a power wash and a paint. And I hate to tell you, but incense and patchouli isn't covering it. So, yeah. <laughs> Ugh, gross. That's funny. I got a pothead somewhere near us, and they smell up the house, and then I I burn incense to cover it up. Is it working? uh, And I'm like, well, yeah, it does work. But but then I'm like, well, now everybody thinks that I'm the pothead because I'm burning incense. (laughs) So then you just get a a big air purifier and just have it running 24-7. Yeah, yeah. This this was a fun movie to cover. I enjoyed watching it. So I I thank you for that suggestion. Yeah, I loved the fashions. Mm-hmm. And it was just, I mean, it was a lot of fun. Obviously, I don't think it held up. Okay, so let's, you want to do a wrap up? Yep, let's do, let's a wrap do it. Up. Okay. So, obviously, um, in the 90s, I don't think it held up either. So I'm going to say it doesn't hold up, but... It still was a lot of fun, and you got to see some of the funner things of the '90s in here. I think so. I'm I'm with you on that. It definitely doesn't hold up. It's not something you could get away with. But what I'm trying to think is like, could this movie be released today, even with updated fashions and stuff, and still exactly. be a thing? And I think the answer to that is no, because I really think that even just standard hiring practices here in the United States would make a lot of this implausible. So. I'm going to go with no. Let's take a quick break. Oh, yeah. Let's come back and let's say how we can make the same storyline work for the 2000s. Ooh, good plan. All right. We'll be right back. Hi, everyone. I'm Ashley. And I'm Justine. And And we we make make up the Cutaways Cutaways Podcast. We're watching the good, the bad, and the essentials of the romantic comedy genre. So far, we've fallen in love with Cary Grant, met up with our terrible friend, pal Joey, and had the desire to run our fingers through Patrick Dempsey's hair. Join our slumber party for your ears every other week, brought to you in stereo from our blanket fort in Hollywood, California. You can find and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or your favorite podcatcher. Our digital blanket fort can be found at thecutaways.com. If you are the social butterfly types, you can also find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram as at Cutaways Podcast. Bye! Hey, Heather, so have you been listening to a lot of podcasts this week? I have because I'm getting paid for them. I know. I love it. I've listened to probably 12 to 20 hours of podcasting in the last week, and it's just insane that I'm racking up the coins on PodCoin while I'm doing it. 
It's given me an excuse to listen to him because I'm able to either gather my coins for charity or actually gather my coins for me. Yay. So you guys should check out PodCoin too. We really love it. It's increased our listenership. We are earning coins for doing so. It's available if you are Apple or Android. Super fun. And if you want to get 300 free coins, all you have to do is use our code, which is nerdy, N-E-R-D-Y. And you can get those free coins to get you started. All right. So keep on listening. Hey, do you like movies? Hey, do you like podcasts? If you do, then come on down and listen to the Home Video Hustle podcast, homie. Hustle, hustle. Every Friday, we talk about whatever movie PJ picks out the bag. What does that mean? Well, every Wednesday on our YouTube page, I pick a bunch of movies at random. Sometimes there's a theme to it. Sometimes not. PJ picks the movie out. And guess what? We watch it on Friday. We talk about it for about maybe an hour, hour and a half, whatever we feel like doing. Might give you something good to watch, baby. Come on down every Friday. So come get your hustle on with Home Video Hustle. You can find the show on any podcatcher app, or you can come down to homevideohustle.popbean.com. All of them in one place for you. So you can go ahead and binge it like it's Netflix. We ain't the Defenders. Yeah. But I like to think we a little bit better than that. <laughs> come out at your boys, man. Come chill with us. Peace. Peace. All right. Thanks for coming back. So, Liz, I interrupted you before you were about to say what kind of wonderful things you could do to this movie to make <laughs> it work for t- for the 2000. And uh, what are we, the 2000 teens now? Yeah, late I don't know what teens? we're calling it. I, I can't even say the aughts. Like, that was weird. I just, I don't know. Yeah. It just sounds like something your grandparents would say. Back in aught yeah. three. I just, yeah, no. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, again, There's a lot of things that would not have held up in this movie because of anti-child working laws. And and she's 17, so she could have worked some places, but she would not have been able to pass any sort of background check with what she did. Now, were there ways that you could get around it? Absolutely. You could go in as an intern. You could go through a temp agency. Like, There's a lot of different things you probably could have done. Again, she's not going to walk in to even not the personnel office. And just randomly get a job by standing around holding out your resume. And what kind of crazy person would hire you just based on that? I don't know. So I think there's a lot of things that would have to change or they would just have to change the premise of how she got in to the job. I have an idea. What's up? So I think that the way that she would get this in was she would be an assistant, but not an executive assistant, like an actual assistant to some famous designer. Yeah. That's that how she could probably, because they could probably pay her cash mm-hmm. uh, and she could work out of their house or something you like that. Again, so, it would be more of an intern type of yeah. a situation. Yeah. So you could you could rework this. Um, mm-hmm. You'd have to be able to rework it so cell phones are a thing. Yeah. Um, so that the fax people- machine would just turn to email because yeah. clearly. And then these QED reports, those things. They wouldn't exist, yeah. Well, it'd just be your standard office space kind of report system. Yeah. I did like that it had an, um, the assistant that knew how to do all of those things. So I like <laughs> that the uh, the one thing I did like was that instead of the boss freaking out because she was getting other people to doing her work, that she saw it more of as a leadership role and delegation. And I really like that. And I like that the shitty receptionist girl who kept trying to get her in trouble 
was was getting slapped down in the process because of her pettiness. And that doesn't change just because Suellen actually is 17 and doesn't belong there. Yeah. Like what she should have been worrying about is, oh, my God, this girl is only 17 and she's still so much fucking better at every single job than I am as a fully grown functioning adult. Yeah, that's where the slapback needs to come. Not yeah. in the, you know, just grow up. You're being so petty. I mean, yes, that's totally a thing. And and I really like I did like that the boss was like, hey, you killed it. You've got great instincts. Like, I would still love for you to work with me because I think that's what should come out of this type of thing. Right. Yeah. As implausible as it is that a 17 year old is going to come in and take over your whole company. If they do fucking own it, like really let that shine and then be proud of that. You know, I think yeah. she's stupid to try to go to City College uh, when she could have just stayed there and had a good job in fashion. Wave yeah. bowel or not, you know? Yes. I I think that uh, the way they could have done some of the other things is she would have to be 18 so that she could actually talk to the police about a dead body in her house. Right. Legally be in charge of her siblings while yeah, her mother so that- abandons them. I think the mom needs to be called on CPS for leaving her kids with no real parental authority or even someone assuming that authority. Again, I hired a babysitter 10 minutes before that I didn't introduce you to or whatever. That could be anybody. That lady is on yeah. a list somewhere. Yeah, that doesn't make a lot of sense. I think that a, super, uh, a babysitter that they knew previously that died would have been probably more appropriate and would have made a lot more sense. Right, exactly. So, And I like that. Uh, why don't we just call dad? Oh, dad doesn't care. Like, Yeah, so, so dad is alive. Dad is alive. Dad is apparently a deadbeat, uh, as you are when you have five children who don't even call you when your kid falls off the fucking roof. Yeah. Let's talk about yeah. the dog. Wasn't he cute? Oh, he was adorable. He got all high and shit. <laughs> Elvis did get high. It was amazing. I think that would totally hold up. Yeah. Dogs get high. Dogs would still get high. I know. I'm always worried about that with my pothead in the, in the building, that mm-hmm. the dog just wants to go outside just to get high. <laughs> Probably does. Do they come you know, back in and eat He doesn't eat as more. much as, as a full-grown adult. He just needs a little. He's only 11 pounds. Yep. Yeah. My sister used to get the dogs high, I'm pretty sure. So, <laughs> Jesus Christ. She's going to love that you <laughs> talked about this on the podcast. She doesn't listen. <laughs> okay. Good. Well, good. No, but, but I, you know, I, I think it's a normal. So, again, I think people would totally sit around and get the dogs high. And probably a lot of people learn how to cook because they have the munchies and they want to learn to make better shit to eat. So, yeah, I could see that. That, that, that kind of holds up. Like, honestly, um, Kenny, I think Kenny grew more in his role than anything else because Sue Ellen, again, she goes from irresponsible, bitchy, whiny teenager to, Slightly less, but still bitchy and whiny parent who is not a parent who has now turned around and done the exact same thing she hated in other people, right? She's not appreciating what everybody's doing. And then they bicker like an old married couple. So that's creepy. Like, you never take me out anywhere. (laughs) I did like that he all cleaned his act up and he's wearing this Kenneth name tag. And then he gets a date with the cute girl. Like, good for him. Yeah. Hopefully he convinced Lizard and what? Megahead? Hellhound. Hellhound. <laughs> I think that the, the uh, David Duchovny's character calls him Mad Dog because his name is Hellhound. But I thought that was pretty funny. Oh, that is funny. And then they were like, "Park it yourself. We're on a break." <laughs> I know. Yeah. So they were acting as valet. So that was another weird thing. And people are like, "All right, these guys sure, clearly high. Uh, here you go. Here's my car keys. <laughs> Your name is Hellhound. Please take my car and park it in a field. That sounds brilliant." <laughs> 
<laughs> and I, I just love that, you know, they show up and they're they're kind of the least dressed people there because, of course, you know, she's a receptionist and, you know, she's not going to make as much money as other people. She's got a, just a shitty car from hell. And what is the boyfriend thinking driving up in the clown dog mobile with the music rolling? He can see there's a huge fucking party happening like that just seemed like the best option for getting somebody back. I know that was a very bad idea. And I think that in the 2000s, what he would have done is he would have uh, sent her a bunch of texts and it would freaking make her phone go crazy. Yep. And then she, it would pop up during her speech and she'd get annoyed, but still kind of move happy. on with her life. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I, yeah. That again, that line, you know, it was a very like, OK, hey, we saw the end of say anything. So let's make this weird, big, strange gesture that most people, you know, again, looks cool in a movie, but if it happens in real life, it's just a little weird and stalkery. Yeah. If you're going to piss off all of your girlfriend's uh, neighbors, it's a bad <laughs> idea because you'll go to jail, mm -hmm. especially if they're rich. Yeah. And honestly, we just don't find those things that romantic. They sound oh, no. much better in theory than they are in practice. In practice, yeah. they're usually kind of fucking creepy. Yeah. So, you know how you can get a girl back? Clean her fucking house for her. Mm, word. Yeah. Without telling her that you cleaned her house. Yes. But and get then permission from somebody validation. else in the house to go in. Well, yeah. but here's the deal. Like, if you're going to come clean the house, that's amazing. Just do it. You don't then have to tell her that you've done it. And then ask if you did it right and try to get validation because you did this nice thing. Do the nice thing. Let her go, oh, they did the nice thing. This is wonderful. And love on it instead of now it's a chance for me to stroke your ego for supposedly doing something nice for me. Exactly. Don't make it so I have to tell you how wonderful you are. Word. So this is straight from Pride and Prejudice, people. So it's an old <laughs> story. So, you know, Mr. Darcy, he did a whole bunch of shit and did not get any credit for it. When she found out at the end, that's when she fell in love. There you go, people. Right. When you're arrogant and you tell people about it, then they think you're too proud and they walk away. Yep. Because they're prejudiced. And maybe there's a zombie. So, <laughs> Which ties us back to our original book club on Pride and Prejudice versus Pride and Prejudice and Zombies, which you can check out at nerdybitches.com. Yes. <laughs> Self-plug. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay. So I really like the movie. I still think it's a fun little flashback to the 90s. But um, I think if I was an adult in the 90s, I'd have the same issues that I have now. So I don't think necessarily it's a time jump issue. I just think it's a uh, kids versus adult issue. Yeah, I do. And again, it's definitely one that if you go back and rewatch, you will probably find that if you saw it as a kid, you would have been much more on the kid's side than when you see it as an adult going, wow, CPS really should be called on these people or that girl's going to go to, you know, she's going to go away for embezzlement or, you know, grand larceny, or whatever. And she should. Yeah. And why is it exactly that the, uh, the police are not concerned about uh, a body that pulled came up in a trunk? It had to have been manipulated to land there. Well, again, why would the funeral home not call the police and say, hey, somebody dumped a body here? Like, again, so again, at the end, we get this like an end credit scene while, you know, credits are starting to roll. And we've got the two guys from the funeral home that took the old lady in the box inside. 
And now they are standing next to her grave going, she was such a nice old lady. Remember, she left us all that money because that was the thing was the babysitter died and she must have had all of the money that mom had given her to take care of them for two months, which must have been a substantial amount, to be honest, uh, since she didn't even leave groceries in the house, has had it on her and so now has been buried with it or at least given away with it. And so apparently these two guys just ripped this lady off, just stole yeah. all the money off of her, didn't think about calling anybody. So maybe that's why the cops were called. Well, of course it is. But again, you know, and then they show the gravestone that, you know, who paid for that? I don't know, because they're not There's- cheap and they're certainly not free. And it says exactly what their note had said on the trunk. It says, nice old lady inside died of natural causes. You're like, really? Like what? What boss signed off on that? I know. I don't know. When you're a ward of the state, you don't get a nice big uh, tombstone no, like it's that. A pauper's grave for love. Yeah. So yeah, does doesn't hold up yet. Still very enjoyable. Okay, so that's where we're at. Um, I have an internet quote. Oh, which one is it? It's the one from at Jenny for Ashley. Romeo and Juliet is my favorite story about how when you fall in love, it's best to just kill yourself. <laughs> yeah, that was good. It was a good one. Yep. I like that. I find these little random ones and I just send them to you because you're more the curator of the uh, the internet quotes. I tend yeah. to forget about them as soon as I find them and send them. All right, guys. So we're going to see you next week. Yep. You guys have a good one. Music provided by www.bensound.com, and please email feedback to contact us at nerdybitches.com. All right, Will, man.